0: 7th Horcrux By Emerald Ashes Read by Sam Gabriel Based on the works of J.K. Rowling Chapter 8 Harry Potter vs. Love Pushing through the late August crowd of students and their families, I made my way into the leaky cauldron. With a nod to Tom, I headed upstairs to one of its private rooms. Harry! Ginevra tried to tackle me with a hug, but thankfully I got a shield up just in time. I edged around her, greeting Rita Skeeter as I settled into a chair. The reporter smiled a shark-like grin, and with a snap of her fingers, her quick-quotes quill started scribbling on the sheet beside her. Good to see you. I was starting to wonder if I ever would. Your stunning young, publicist, Ginevra said helpfully. Skeeter's smile widened. Publicist has been putting me off for months. So tell me, Harry, just where have you been all summer? The Wizarding public is dying to know. I said, I've been living in a magically expanded trunk. Rita Skeeter gasped, and even her quill paused. Oh, I wouldn't keep doing that. My co-worker's father owned one of those. The charms broke when he was inside, and they had to bury him inside it. Two hundred people attended the funeral, social event of the season, I, of course, reported. I found another downside last June, I said. Skeeter leaned forward eagerly, saying, Really? Go on, don't keep us in suspense. Hermione mailed me to France. At least I think it was France. Do they speak French anywhere else? Skeeter tapped her chin with a sharp red-painted fingernail. "'Well, there's Canada.' "'No, that doesn't seem right,' I muttered. "'Some parts of Africa, too,' Ginevra said. "'That might have been it,' I said. "'Anyway, I tried to get back to Britain by crossing the nearest body of water, but that just put me in Asia. So now I've been to all seven continents, at least presuming that was Africa, and I've made a lot of friends who I never intend to see again. But the weird part is that I don't feel like I've learned anything.' "'Not every adventure has a moral lesson. Just the best ones,' Ginevra said. I shook my head. "'No, I mean—' I didn't learn anything. I didn't learn the Oriental mystic arts or any new languages, and I still don't know what the Americans do. This trip was completely pointless. We all spent a moment contemplating how much of our lifetime is taken up by useless and often futile endeavors. At least, that's what I was thinking about. I don't know about Ginevra and Skeeter. Skeeter broke the silence. Why exactly do you think that Hermione Granger shipped you abroad? Was it a lover's spat? a shocking and unprovoked attack upon wizarding Britain's saviour, a clear sign of her growing mental instability. "'That went really well,' Ginevra enthused, nearly bouncing in her seat. "'I think Skeeter likes you. I didn't even know she could do that.' I smirked. "'Of course, after all, I am a charming, adventurous, brilliant, yet completely normal Hogwarts student. What's not to like?' She gave me a goofy smile, staring at my face for altogether too long. I said, "'You can leave now.' Ginevra jumped a bit, cheeks reddened in embarrassment. Okay, Dumbledore should be picking you up in twenty minutes. This was the first time I'd heard of such a thing. What was the old man trying to pull now? He isn't trying to pull anything, I don't think, Ginevra said. Apparently he needs you to help him. Something about the potion's professorship. He's actually hiring me. I did do pretty well in my OWLS. Ginevra shook her head. No, he specifically mentioned that you weren't getting a teaching post. He said it like six times. When did this happen? I asked. July, they setting an owl. I probably would have been in Antarctica at the time, I muttered. Did the owl ever come back? Dumbledore and I strolled into Slughorn's home. It was torn apart, with spell gouges in the walls, burn marks on the ceiling, and a fair bit of blood by the door, a bit like the Gryffindor common room, come to think of it. Slughorn was in the corner, pretending to be a chair. He used to do that all the time when I was in school, apparently he got in trouble for it. I can't imagine why. Everyone thought it was funny. Horace, Dumbledore said, I know it's you. You haven't changed the pattern on the upholstery in fifty years. Slughorn transformed back into himself, though he took up nearly as much space as the archer had. Ah, Albus, good to
1: see you, good to see you.
0: He was well, he said, and may I introduce young Harry Potter? Slughorn's eyes lit up and he grabbed my hand in both of his— "'Wonderful meeting you, Mr. Potter. I've heard you like Quidditch. I happen to be personally acquainted with the Puddlemere United Chaser. Perhaps you would like to meet him?' "'I may be interested in the future. I'm very busy, you know.' "'Of course, of course,' he chuckled, "'defeating Dark Lords and all that. Now, if that will be all, I really must be going.' Dumbledore looked round the ruined home. "'I'm afraid I rarely have time for social visits lately. I'm here to offer you your old position. There's no place safer than Hogwarts.' "'Try to the perks, girl,' I muttered. "'And you're clearly in hiding from Voldemort,' Slockhorn chortled. "'Yes, well, you see, I'm actually not. I was hiding from you. An old acquaintance of mine mentioned in passing that you might be paying me this visit.' Dumbledore heaved a heavy sigh, as if he actually felt bad about manipulating everyone around him. "'I am terribly sorry to interrupt your retirement, but I'm afraid we're desperate. "'If you don't take the post, Harry Potter will, "'and he's not allowed in the potions room unsupervised.' But to be fair, I said, no one died, and I was the one who reconstructed the floor. Snarkon frowned, shifting his great weight from foot to foot.
1: Won't the Ministry give you someone if no one else applies?
0: I think I would prefer Harry, Dumbledore admitted. Our last replacement was less than exemplary. Yes, I remember hearing about that. Umbridge was such a sweet little puff when I taught her. Never would have imagined she'd attack the boy who lived. Of course, the boy who lived wasn't born then, so I suppose that's a reasonable oversight. Slughorn chuckled to himself, ending in a nervous cough upon realizing that no one had joined him. Surely there's someone else who can take the post. Dumbledore sighed. I fear that young people nowadays just don't have the patience for potions. Hogwarts says I'm graduated a potions master in over a decade. I rolled my eyes. Can't imagine why. Dumbledore set a hand on Slughorn's shoulder. Horace, do not force me to hire Harry Potter. "'I'm looking forward to being the head of Slytherin,' I said. "'That isn't a requirement,' Dumbledore assured him. "'Severus is still on staff.' "'Oh, I assumed it was position-based. "'Why else would the potions classroom be in the dungeons, "'even though it lacks a proper ventilation system "'and most of the fumes end up in the Slytherin common room?' "'Dumbledore's eyes twinkled with, were those tears?' "'You are our last hope.' "'It seemed that I would not be on staff for the coming school year.' Hermione Granger stormed into my train car. I did not mail you to Algeria, she shouted. Well, that was quite the hello. Really? Then who did? Hermione. I don't know, Hermione said. I'm certain that we've established your knowledge of everything. Nobody knows everything, Harry. I raised an eyebrow and with a huff, Hermione said. Fine, you've been brewing several volatile potions in an enclosed space without proper ventilation. Maybe they combined oddly. Or maybe you sent yourself there with accidental magic. Or maybe your Felix Felicis attempts have finally come into fruition, leaving him with horrible luck. Or maybe the charms on your trunk broke, and this whole thing is a dying dream. That last one doesn't seem very likely. I said. Her shoulders slumped, no doubt downtrodden by my criticism, and she buried her face in her hands. She trembled with laughter, finally gasping, "Honestly, Harry, you meet with readers for an hour, and somehow end up with two pages on how awful I am. How does that even happen?" It arose organically, I said. Her man is growing evil is a topic of shared interest between myself and Skeeter, since I am the girl's best friend, and she is an ongoing victim. Hermione shook her head, still giggling. Right, fine. Apparently, Skeeter has decided that slandering me is okay as long as it's a direct quote. The other page is about your love life, by the way, and I don't even think you have one of those. I settled back into my seat. After I defeated that dark lord in Albania, I might have been engaged to a nobleman's daughter, or he might have been yelling at me because that dark lord was one of the good ones. I'm not sure. i never learned the language. Ginevra walked in, flanked by Ron. You probably shouldn't go to that country for a while, just to be on the safe side. I don't know about that. Is she a good-looking bird? Ron asked. Hermione and Ginevra both leaned over to smack his arm, although Ginevra then apologized to her for the presumption. Hermione smiled and asked, How was your summer, Jenny? Great! I think I finally found the family dot magic. Ron gaped. What? I beamed. I always knew the Weasleys were hiding something. Well, it isn't the Weasley stuff, actually. I'm still working on that, Ginevra demurred. But I did find out the Pruitt dot magic. When? Ron asked. Mum and I were in the kitchen. She smiled pityingly at her older brother. You shouldn't feel bad about it. I'm pretty sure it's only passed on the doors. Ginevra, focus, I snapped. She nodded and, cruelly drawing out her words, said, it's a love potion. Oh, uh, I felt rather disappointed. Ron seemed caught between relief that he hadn't missed out on any great inheritance and misery that his family had once again failed to do anything impressive. "'Was well, is it any good? I think so, Ginevra said. "'Mondes died when they were in school, and he's still in love with her. You do realize that we're missing the start of term feast, right? I said. I mean, I know that you love the library, but this is getting ridiculous. I'll still be here in the morning. Hermione's voice drifted out of the stacks. Oh, hush! Finally, with a triumphant cry, which she hurriedly quieted, she emerged with an open book resting in her hands. I've developed a theory for what's going on with your dreams. You I mean, outside of the fact that I'm a seer, I said, lounging against the bookcase. Hermione set her book down with a thud. I suspect that you have some sort of magical connection with Voldemort— Presumably, this is centered around your scar or the use of your blood during the Unum Corpus ritual. The what? The ritual Voldemort used to revive himself, Hermione said. I looked it up over the summer. It's not dark magic. Wait, do you mean that it's not that obscure, or that it's not evil? Because I'm never sure if you're using the correct definition or not nowadays. Hermione pursed her lips, snapping. Harry, not the time. Anyway, you clearly have some sort of magical bond. Well, either that or your soulmates. But if that were the case, The distance and hostility almost certainly would have killed you both by now. Regardless, I've figured out how to deal with the situation. She flipped the book around and jammed its title with her finger. Occlumency. I'm afraid that's not going to work for me. She blinked. What? I'm just not any good at it. You're supposed to clear your mind and stop having emotions. But I'm always thinking, because I'm a genius, and I sometimes have these sudden and inexplicable flashes of rage. I'd tried to get Sanford to train me with occlumency prior to my time as Harry Potter— I didn't realize, then, how bad he was at teaching. Hermione leant against a bookcase, looking rather pale. "'But I spent the whole summer learning the techniques. i would been preparing lesson plans,' I shrugged. "'You probably should have asked me first. She grabbed her wand from her pocket, shaking it at me. "'You were in Algeria!' "'Well, not at the time. I was in Russia for a while. That isn't particularly far, I don't think.' She shook her head. "'You should learn occlumency, though. It protects your mind from foreign intrusion, and these visions are bound to get worse with time.' I chuckled. "'I'll be fine.' Hermione glared into my eyes and, with a determined tilt of the chin, said, "'Legiliments.' A moment later we were roused from our mental match when Hermione's wand fell with a clatter to the floor. She grabbed her eyes, hissing in pain. I dove for her wand before following suit.' For Merlin's sake, Armani, why'd you do that? I shouted. Thankfully, Pence was downstairs, feasting with everyone else. I wanted to prove how serious the situation was, she said. What did you do, anyway? Ah, oh, yes, I neglected to mention that while I'm ill suited for occlumency, I have the single minded attitude, nosiness, and disregard for others' privacy that are essential to a legitimans. Therefore, when someone uses legitimacy on me, I use legitimacy back on them, but harder. I waited for comprehension to dawn in her eyes. "'but they remained as dull as a Weasley's. "'Sighing,' I continued, "'I am reading your mind while you are reading me reading your mind. you are technically reading your own mind, "'so you think you're just thinking. "'Then you try to read my mind. "'It all goes in a loop until you either notice the problem "'or are forced to break eye contact for some other reason.' "'Wait, was that what you guys were doing?' Ron asked. "'I just thought you were having the most brilliant staring contest ever.' Hermione sputtered, "'Ron, where did you get here?' The redhead contorted his face into something resembling thoughtfulness. "'An hour ago, I guess. We arrived at ten-twenty-four, if you want to be precise about it,' Ginevra said. "'The feast ended ages ago, so we borrowed the cloak from Mary's trunk and went looking for you.' Well, that explained our pained eyes. Hermione sighed. Three hours, and we still haven't figured out how to stop your dreams.' "'Wait, where did you get the idea that I wanted them to stop?' Hermione held out her hand for her wand, which I reluctantly returned. "'Well, I presumed you wouldn't want to see whatever atrocities Voldemort gets up to in his spare time.' "'I don't think I've seen anything that bad yet,' I said. "'The death you just spend most of the time squabbling about who gets the bed, or who is Voldemort's most loyal servant, or who Nagini is allowed to eat. Besides, they give me all sorts of useful information.' Hermione frowned. "'But Voldemort could show you something specific, to trick you, and then he might act right into his hand.' "'Hermione, that's deviously brilliant,' I said. Hermione breathed a soft sigh, no doubt thrilled that her plan had gone over so well. "'Then you understand why you need to protect your mind from Voldemort—' "'We should do that!' Lucius looked miserable in the old black manner, tearing at his hair with his silver hand. Several house-elves were scuttling around him, lifting his robes so that they avoided the grimy floors and leaving a trail of polish and shine in their wake. The blonde muttered, "'Disgusting. At least Hagrid's wasn't booby-trapped.' Nagini had similarly chosen to escape the filth by hiding beneath my robes. She poked her head outside to announce,
1: I'm hungry. I haven't eaten in days.
0: Right, yes, this is why I never kept a pet when I was in school. I mean, I haven't fed the basilisk, and actually, I don't think I ever fed the basilisk. I should do something about that when I conquer Wizarding Britain. I stroked Nagini's head, smiling fondly upon her.
1: Maybe if you stop trying to devour Sirius every time he turns into a Grim, he'll feed you his house-elf."
0: Creature was a wretched thing, and unable to properly perform its house-cleaning duties. Insane, too, if its insistence that Sirius Black was a blood-traitor was anything to go by. Of course, that might have been the result of its unfortunate former owner. Sirius, Severus, and Hagrid approached us from another room, those three were very close, presumably having bonded over their shared occupation as spies. When the deceased Madame Black's portrait started screeching, the two agreed to use their charm and cunning to explain our position. Sirius grinned, giving a jaunty wave to our assembled group. Nagini tasted the air at his entrance, but stilled at my stern look. "'The old battle's sharp for a while. We'll be better off if you talk to her, Severus elbowed him in the ribs, and Sirius smoothly added, "'My lord.' I can do that, I said. Have you discovered what got her so upset? Severus said. Since Black was so deeply undercover, his mother was under the false impression that he was a blood traitor. I chuckled.
1: I see. How incredibly embarrassing for her. After all, you are my right-hand man.
0: Yes, Severus said in his usual flat tone. Madame Black now understands that and is very apologetic. Sirius gave a barking laugh. "'Will you still take down the wall if you like, my lord? Air the place out.' Severus sent a stinging hex at him, and Sirius, turning into a giant black dog, tackled him to the floor. We watched, amused at their antics. The two inner-circle members had a rather tumultuous relationship. One moment they were throwing curses and shouting obscenities, the next they were whispering in each other's ears and sneaking off to a private corner of Hagrid's hut. Young love, I would never understand it. I wandered into the kitchen, Lucius trailing behind me like a proper minion. There, Trelawney was comfortably ensconced at a little table. She seemed happily oblivious to the dust powdering the air and settling in her teacup. Lucius was evidently horrified.
1: Have you had any new
0: premonitions? I asked the prophetess. It is difficult, Trelawney whispered. We can always return to my manor, Lucius said. So very difficult to see. He looked at me beseechingly. My beautiful, clean manner. Trelawney's head snapped up, and she peered at us through dust-caked glasses. Have you prepared me a room, some place where I might rest my third eye?
1: Of course, I said. You would have the whole third floor if you like.
0: Trelawney beamed, dropping the teacup in her excitement. I have seen it, yes. This shall be a most fortunate place for us. I've been thinking the same thing, I said. Trelawney said, You have the gift, I dare say, or are at least wise enough to understand a true prediction when you hear one. I gave her a thin, pleased smile. Of course, Nagini's decision to emerge from my robes and curl around my neck at that moment lent a somewhat unsettling effect to the gesture. I told the snake,
1: We'll be staying here from now on.
0: She squeezed my neck to demonstrate her displeasure. I cannot hunt unicorns here. I winced, tugging her finger to set her on the floor. You've been killing unicorns? I would like to,
1: the guinea admitted. But But I I haven't haven't found one yet. Oh, that's all right then. And there were so many tasty creatures in
0: the forest. She hissed wistfully. I scowled down at her.
1: I'm not going to starve you. Then this will be a good nest.
0: Nagini decided, slithering towards the drawing-room. "'It's dark, and it smells like you.' I heard a distant explosion, and the portrait began wailing again. With a nod towards Trelawney, I left to deal with Severus and Sirius's latest lover's spat. Dumbledore had sent a summons, expecting me to walk right into his grasp, but I was not such a fool— I crept invisibly into Dumbledore's office, wand-ready, and surveyed the environment in a way that would make Moody proud. Then I exclaimed, "'What's wrong with your hand?' Dumbledore smiled and waved with his blackened, shriveled hand. "'Ah, Harry, I had forgotten that you missed the welcome Feast. I'm afraid that I've contracted an illness that has negatively affected my hand.' "'Dragonpox? That's been going around lately,' I said. "'Possibly,' Dumbledore said. "'You should get checked out,' I said i certainly take that into advisement,' Dumbledore said, "'which is his way of saying that he'll completely ignore it. "'Don't you have a class at the moment? "'It's just a fence. "'Snape will fail me no matter what I do. "'For once I could go into a year of schooling "'unconcerned about losing my future post. "'After all, I already knew that Snape was a horrible teacher.' "'I wish you two would work through your differences,' Dumbledore said, "'and I didn't intend for you to skip class.' "'If he had really meant that, he would have put it in the note,' I asked.' "'Why did you want to see me, anyway? I haven't done anything yet.' "'I hoped to show you a memory,' he said. "'Do you know what a pensive is?' I stumbled out of the pensive, Dumbledore serenely following. Fawkes, of course, was watching us. Dumbledore asked, "'Did you notice anything interesting about the Gaunts, Harry?' I channeled my inner run. "'No, not really, except for the fact they're dirty, evil Slytherins. "'You do have a very extreme view of Slytherins.' "'Dumbledore noted with a frown. "'Perhaps you recognize that they, like Voldemort, are descendants of Slytherin?' "'Well, I guess. "'They seem pretty awful, though. "'Probably a squib-line,' I muttered. "'Yes, I'm afraid that Merope.' "'I blinked. "'Who?' "'The girl in the gray dress.' "'Right,' I said. "'She was Voldemort's mother.' "'Dumbledore peered into my eyes, waiting for a response. "'Wasn't Voldemort an orphan?' "'I paused for a moment.' I think he mentioned that during a monologue. He still had parents, if only for a short time, Dumbledore said, though his parents were not as brave and good as yours. I nodded. It occurred to me that I should probably find out the potter's first names before people realized that I didn't know them. This resolution had long been hampered by how little I cared. Dumbledore prattled on about my family history, though I found it difficult to feign interest. No matter what Dumbledore may have thought, i just turned seventy years old, I'd moved on. Sure— I had some family issues in my youth, but I'd killed them and got over it. We walked down the hall quickly, eager to be away from History of Magic. Fox, as usual, peered down at us from a protruding gargoyle that wasn't there yesterday. We were well into the walk to our next class by the time Hermione had properly packed up her bag and latched it. Ron turns to her. Uh, Marnie, I know there isn't really anything better to do during History of Magic, but why were you watching Malfoy the whole time? He was watching us first. Hermione said. He has been all week. It's suspicious. Ron shrugged. I know that sounds pretty normal for him, I said. Between Malfoy and Fox, I assume I'm under surveillance at all times. Well, yes, but he's more persistent about it, quieter too. He hasn't called me a mudblood blood at all lately. And you're starting to miss it, I guessed. Hermione glared at me. No, I am not. It's just odd. He goes missing for hours at a time. How do you know that? Ron asked. We've only got a couple of classes with him. She never told me, and he hasn't said anything about his father or his money all year. Hermione was flushed and breathing heavily, impassioned. Ron stared at her, red-faced from our short yet brisk walk. I said, "He's probably still shaken up from that thing with the twins last year." Apparently, the Slytherin common room still smells like smoke. Ron said. Hermione hissed, "Malfoy is up to something." I shrugged. I'm not too concerned, really. Hermione stormed off. It wasn't a particularly effective exit, however, because she was still going in the same direction as us. Also, I sat next to her in our next class, which was starting in about three minutes. I frowned. "'I wonder if she wants to rekindle her romance with Malfoy?' Ron whipped around. "'What?' "'You didn't know?' I asked. "'Except, no, I suppose you wouldn't. They kept it pretty quiet, after all.' "'Bloody hell, mate, what are you talking about?' Back in fourth year, Hermione, and Malfoy dated for a while. Things got pretty intense.' but then they realized that they were from two different worlds and could never be together. Draco was devastated. You're, you're taking the piss out of me, right? Ron stuttered. I shook my head gravely. No, Ron, even I can't make this out. Later that evening, we were lounging in the Gryffindor common room, doing homework, when Ron stumbled over with a giggling witch hanging off his arm. So Lavender and me are dating now, Ron said. We're really into each other. I tried my best to ignore the situation, while Ginevra was hurriedly taking notes. Hermione pursed her lips. Billy, really? How did you two get together?' "'I don't know. It happened pretty naturally, I guess. We have a lot in common, you know.' "'I think you're just so brave for facing his transformations every month,' Lavender cooed. "'Aren't oh, you one-one?' Ron laughed nervously. "'It's not like I do that much, really. I'm just a guy who turns into a werewolf sometimes.' Lavender kissed him on the nose. "'So humble, too,' I said.' I, for one, am glad that Ron is finally being open about his werewolf status after so many years of hiding. I'm not a- a hiding anymore. Lavender squeezed his arm, beaming. Hermione raised an eyebrow. Yes, I really admire your honesty. Thanks, Ron said. Lavender glanced at Hermione, whispered something in Ron's ear, and burst into giggles. Ron mostly looked uncomfortable, though he happily accepted her offer to snog. In an unrelated incident. Hermione started grumbling about something, presumably Malfoy, and snapped her quill in half. A dozen Death Eaters and I sat in Grimald Place's dining room. Creature had long ago cleared our plates, though tea and a few desserts still lingered. Against my protests, Bellatrix had spooned pudding onto my plate. It's good for you, she crooned. I raised an eyebrow. Vanilla pudding is good for me. Bellatrix's eyes darted about the table. Yes? Frowning, I turned away from her. Uh, Lucius, any progress on our plans to break into
1: Hogwarts and kidnap Harry Potter?
0: Yes, my lord, but I fear it will be difficult. According to my sources in Hogwarts. You mean your son? Sirius asked, earning a cuff on the back of the head from Severus. My sources in Hogwarts, Lucius ground out, have informed me that Potter spends most of his time invisible and only periodically attends classes. "'He's never in defense,' Severus drawled. I nodded. "'And the break-in?' "'We've acquired a vanishing cabinet that has a twin in the Room of Requirement. However, it seems to be broken, and my son—' "'Sucks at magic,' Sirius said. "'In this instance, I have to agree,' Cyrus said. "'It's a wonder he's passing defense.'
1: "'Yes, yes, you're the new D.A.D.A. professor at Hogwarts,' I snapped. "'We're
0: aware.' "'Things are progressing well under the circumstances, my lord—' "'Oh, uh, Trelawney,' Lucius ended sourly. "'Having wandered down from her floor, Trelawney watched us in silent horror. "'She looked like she might faint. "'This would be a poor decision, mind you, "'because the only person in a position to catch her was Benetrix. "'I smiled at the seer. "'Would
1: you like to join us?'
0: "'Trelawney shook her head, though the motion was slight enough "'that she may have simply been trembling. "'There are thirteen of you at the table—' "'The first of you to rise shall also be the first to die.' "'But
1: if you join us, then there will be fourteen people at the table, and we'll all be fine.' Trelawney
0: blinked. "'Oh, yes. I suppose that might work, truly. Fate has favoured us this evening.' She shakily settled into an empty chair. I, of course, immediately darted out of mine. "'Ha! I've escaped!' Trelawney moaned, collapsing atop the table. Bellatrix seemed similarly upset. "'My lord, you haven't eaten your pudding.' "'I don't want the pudding,' I declared. She picked up the bowl, a maniacal look in her eye, and tried to grab my robes. Failing that, she said, "'But, my lord, I made it just for you. It's really good. I love you.' I fled the room, Benetrix not far behind. Sir Lughorn surveyed the class, chins trembling in excitement. "'Ah, oh, very good. You looks like everyone's here today.' We'll be brewing Amaltentia. Is anyone familiar with it? Hermione's hand shot into the air. Slockhorn chortled. <laughs> Miss Granger, reaching for the sky as usual, I see. Amaltentia is the most powerful love potion in existence. It's identified by its mother of pearl sheen, smells differently to every person, and causes a strong infatuation in the drinker, Hermione said. Very good, Miss Granger. Been reading your textbook, I see, Slockhorn said. Mr. Potter, you had something to add? I refuse to brew this potion. I said, the classroom filled with murmurs. "'Really, now, what's the trouble?' Slocorn asked. "'Love potions are vile things. They completely consume the will of the victim, leaving them horrified and disturbed when the potion eventually wears off,' I said, wrong-gaped. "'Really? Oh, yes, it's quite terrible for them,' I assured him. "'It's just a learning experience,' Slocorn said. "'Not a suggestion, nothing to worry about.' "'Why would you teach someone how to do something if you don't want them to?' I snapped. "'This is exactly the sort of thing they that got that second-year Slytherin killed,' Hermione said. "'Harry has a point. I'm not sure if I'm comfortable doing this, either.' "'I'd expect to see it on your notes. Almost no chance it wouldn't be,' Slughorn said. She bit her lip. Even still. "'Do you know how many crimes are committed by people under love potion?' I demanded. "'More than those under the Imperius.' Potter has a point,' Blaze Zabini said. "'You can talk someone under love potion into doing just about anything.' Rolling off the side of a building, taunting a hippogriff, challenging a goblin to a fight to death. I was very sorry to hear about your stepfather. He was a good man. Not too bright, but good, Slughorn said. We were winning, I was certain of it. That isn't even getting into all the crimes committed against those under the potion—robbery, sexual assault, murder. Putting them under at all could be considered slavery, Hermione said. Ron was looking increasingly ill. I nodded. And what about all the witches who give muggles love potions and then marry them? "'The muggles don't know to check for that sort of thing.' "'The magicals don't usually check, either,' Sabini noted. "'And think of the children!' Ron stuttered. "'What about children?' I said. "'Can you imagine how it is for them? "'If the mother ever forgets to dose their father, he'll leave the family, "'and she'll die of a broken heart. "'Then they'll be all alone, spurned by a man they never really knew.' "'Ron slumped against the desk, groaning. "'Sargon sighed. "'Well, if you're all certain, I suppose we could just have an essay on amortention instead.' Hermione nodded eagerly, ignoring Ron's continued sounds of misery. Of course, it really is a pity. I was planning to give a prize to the best brewer. What kind of prize? I asked. It doesn't matter much now, you understand, since I was planning it specifically for this lesson. But I have a single vial of Felix Felicius, also known as luck. I breathed. I rescind my earlier complaints and reject everyone who agreed with me. Slughorn appeared shocked. Quite sure about that? You seemed terribly set against it. Who am I to get in the way of learning? I declared, grabbing my potion set and sprinting towards the ingredient cupboard. "'Gather round, everyone,' Slughorn called, waving us towards the winning potion. "'What do you smell, then, Miss Granger?' A dreamy smile lit up her face. "'There's a scent of freshly mown grass, new parchment, spearmint toothpaste, and ginger,' Ron piped up. "'I smell my chuddy shirt, cake, and—' Slughorn sidled next to him, asking—' "'What is it, a certain girl, perhaps?' "'Lavender,' Ron blurted out. "'I said, "'Lavender the plant or Lavender the person?' Uh, "'Both,' Ron said, "'glancing about nervously. "'Luna Lovegood sighed. "'That's very romantic. "'Mine is mostly mistletoe, "'but there's a slight scent of brimstone.' "'Luna, what are you doing here?' "'I asked. "'The blonde giggled. "'I had a free period, of course.' "'That explains it,' I said. "'Ron and Hermione shot us odd looks.' What does this smell like to you, Harry? Luna asked. I leaned forward, taking a deep breath. Snakes and, I don't know, sewers, maybe? Ron and Hermione huddled together, whispering and glancing in my direction, while Lavender jealously watched the exchange. Finally coming to a decision, the two of them walked over to me. Hermione took point. Harry, I really am quite grateful that you saved me from Malfoy's conjured snake, but I have a couple of questions. First of all, why is it still wrapped round your neck? I've always wanted a pet, I said, grinning down at the snake. I think I'll call him ophin Okay, she said. And also, why is it not biting you? I think he likes me, I said. Also, I learned snake charming In and- Jenny, Ron interrupted. Can you set up the privacy spells? On it, Ginevra cried, rushing over to us. Thanks, he said, then turns to me. How do you really do it, then? I don't know why you don't believe me. I said sullenly. Hermione huffed. All right, fine, I was going to give you a chance to tell the truth on your own, but you clearly have no intention of doing so. I heard you speaking to it in tongue. You don't know that, I said. I could have just been hissing at it, unless you speak tongue. I narrowed my eyes at her, and my new pet did the same, but the girl merely raised an eyebrow. You hissed at it, and it immediately curled around your arm. Ron's eyes widened. Wait a minute, in second year, were you the heir of Slytherin? No! ''Oh, that makes so much more sense than the story you told me,'' Hermione said. Ron continued, ''Then when you said you were getting rid of the air, did you just mean that you were going to stop?'' ''I was gone for two days, Ron. If I was the air, what do you think I was doing during that time?'' Ron shrugged. ''I don't know, dealing with your murderous urges?'' ''I'm not the air,'' Hermione frowned. ''It's all right if you were. We won't be angry. In retrospect, the conversation about how everyone was the air was clearly a cry for help.'' Obviously Hagrid shouldn't have been blamed, but he did turn out to be a death-eater, so it's really for the best. "'Look, I would love to take credit for this,' I said, "'but I'm not the heir.' "'Who was it, then?' Ron asked. "'I I can't tell you,' I muttered, stroking Irfian. Ron and Hermione shot me sceptical looks. Meanwhile, Ginevra was standing very still, eyes wide. It seemed that she was taking her duty as a guard very seriously.' They probably wouldn't have believed me if I explained that the actual heir was Voldemort's childhood diary. Even if they did, that might lead them, well, Hermione, to realize the existence of my Horcrux. A decoy was clearly necessary. I said, because even if you talked to him, he wouldn't remember the incident. You see, I obliviated him because I, like Dumbledore, believe in second chances. The red girl smells like fear. Erfion informed me. Quiet! I snapped. I'm trying to convince them that I'm not evil, and you eating someone will not help the situation. Harry, Hermione said, do you honestly expect us to believe that? Yes, I said. At that moment, Ginevra dropped the silencing charm, and, clearly terrified of my new pet, scurried toward the girl's dormitory. There was only one word on the note. Taffy. I scowled down at the paper, twisting it this way and that in the hopes that more words would appear— it wouldn't be that odd. Magic does that sometimes. Growling, I shoved it into my pockets and glared around the breakfast table. Did any of you tell Dumbledore about my foreign language experience? Hermione and Ron both shook their heads, each absorbed in a book. Huh, wrong reading. That was the first. Ginevra? I threatened. I wouldn't ever betray you, Ginevra assured me. I owe you way too much. She really was a very good minion. Loyal, cunning, mildly insane, and even somewhat attractive and I shoved away my plate. Ginevra, did you put love potion in my eggs? No, she said, shaking her head. I haven't got all the ingredients yet. If I find out that you're lying, Harry, if I dosed you with Mum's potion, you'd be kissing me right now. It's a really good potion. I nodded stiffly, glaring back down at the note. Did silencing charms not work on portraits? Over the walls spying for Dumbledore as well? Bloody how the death is all right. Ron exclaimed. I smirked. Out of all of my friends, I should have known that you would be the one to become a blood purist, Ron frowned. What? Well, I, no, I don't mean it like that. They just, they were not about most things. Murdering gits. It's just, uh, Lavender kept talking about all the stuff I dealt with as a werewolf, and I got curious about what she meant. Things really suck for them. I mean, us. And apparently, werewolf rights were pretty important to Death Eaters. Only if the werewolf was pure blood, Hermione said. "'Mudbloods are out of luck. Twenty points for foul language, Miss Granger,' Severus said, sweeping past. "'I left for the headmaster's office.' "'The lying! The only language I know is English!' I stormed into the headmaster's office. His phoenix landed on my shoulder, biting at my ear with affection, I guess. And Dumbledore seemed surprised. Uh, "'Harry, I called you up here today to learn more about Voldemort. Was there something else you would like to talk about?' "'No, not at all. Let's talk about Voldemort,' I muttered. "'I see,' Dumbledore said, peering at me atop his glasses and stroking his beard with a shriveled hand. "'Lemon drop?' I waved it off, the motion jostling forks. "'The memory?' "'It is of the first time I met young Tom Riddle. "'Even then he was a very cold child,' Dumbledore said. "'We walked to the pensive, leaning forward until we were sucked inside.' I glanced at the bird still dicking its claws into my shoulder, and regarding the dilapidated orphanage around us with deep suspicion. "'I didn't know phoenixes could go into pensives,' I remarked. Dumbledore chuckled. "Fawkes can go anywhere he likes, I think.' We followed the younger headmaster, then a transfiguration professor, through his travels and conversation with a Wool's orphanage worker. It was then that he met the matron. Mrs. Cole never liked me. Further... She seemed quite intent on ensuring that Dumbledore felt the same. Her main complaints were that I was weird, i.e. a wizard, and creepy, i.e. well-behaved. She had some legitimate points, but I would argue that all the children at my orphanage were horrible. I was just better at it than they were. I felt a sudden regret that I would never murdered her. I could do it now, but she was probably already dead. It had been like fifty years. After twenty minutes of commiserating with Mrs. Cole about how awful I was— Dumbledore decided to actually meet me. My younger self immediately began panicking, certain that he would be sent to the asylum. I'd been threatened with it plenty of times. Some nights I lie awake, wondering if I actually was sent there. Dumbledore responded by setting everything I owned on fire. There's a reason he was always my least favorite professor. "'Is that proof enough for you, Tom?' he asked, oblivious to the phoenix flying repeatedly through his head. "'What proof? I saw nothing.' You're not taking me to the asylum," Tom muttered. Dumbledore's younger self sighed, putting out the fire. The waterer began shivering then, and Dumbledore encouraged the boy to take out a box filled with small things. Thieving is not tolerated at Hogwarts," Dumbledore said. Of course, he didn't bother to check the other children's wardrobes to see if they had any of my things in there because that would be fair," Dumbledore explained. Diagon Alley and its many shops. I could accompany you, ha! Huh. And let you lead me straight to the madhouse? I think not. I probably should have let him come. I've always been terrible with directions. On the bright side, I did discover nocturnale in my travels. The moment he heard footsteps on the staircase, Ron dove under his bed covers. Ginevra giggled at the very noticeable lump he made under the blankets. It's just me, Ron said. Uh, me isn't Lavender, is it? No, oh, it's Jenny," she said. You'd think Ron would know his only sister's voice, but I suppose fear had taxed his already limited mental abilities. "'Oh, thank Merlin. Wait, what are you doing up here? You better not be messing around with Dean or I'll kill him!' Ron snapped, bursting out from under the bed covers. The redhead sat on the corner of his mattress. "'Dean and I broke up a couple of weeks ago. He didn't hurt you, did he?' Ron asked, face darkening. She shook her head, smiling. "'No, nothing like that. Dean just didn't want to date me anymore because he thinks I'm obsessed with Harry Potter. I didn't really want to date him anymore because he got upset every time I tried to help Harry.' Also, trying to maintain dozens of friendships and a relationship at the same time is exhausting. Ron frowned. Oh, well, why'd you come here, then? Harry needs our help downstairs. With what? Ron asked. Dunno, he didn't say. She never turned towards the door. Harry? I pulled down my invisibility cloak, wrapping it around my shoulders. Ron rolled his eyes, grumbling. Should have known you were invisible. What's going on, then? I grinned. We are killing Bellatrix Lestrange. Ron's mouth fell open into a typical Weasley pose. Ginevra said, I wish you'd tell Neville, he's always wanted to do that. How? Ron squeaked. Remember how Hermione suggested that we should use my connection to the Dark Lord to play upon his paranoia, causing him to kill his own people? Sort of, Ron said. Well, he's finally gone to bed at a decent hour, and I've figured out how to activate his visions, I said. So come along before he wakes up. Ron chuckled nervously. "'I uh, can't—' "'You're very important for authenticity,' I said. "'He's come to expect a strong Weasley presence.' "'Sorry, mate. Lavender thinks I'm a werewolf, and it's the night of the full moon. If she sees me, she'll hex me for sure. "'And break up with you,' Ginevra chirped. "'Right, she'd probably do that too,' he agreed. "'I suppose we could do it up here,' I muttered, glancing around the boys' dormitory. "'You might want to put on robes first, though.' Let us begin our latest meeting of the Junior Order of the Phoenix, I declared. I stood on Ron's bed. Below me, Hermione, Ron, Ginevra, and Neville sat cross legged on the floor. I made a show of slowly surveying them. It looks like everyone is here, so we shall move on to our first order of business. What have we heard from our mother organisation? Ron snorted. The order's telling us nothing. Dumbledore did ask us to disband, though, Ginevra said. He does that pretty often. Neville said. Order, order, calm yourselves, I said, gesturing for them to settle down. Let's move on to our next topic. What have we heard from our spies? I have not heard anything from Benatrix Lestrange for weeks, Hermione said, carefully enunciating each syllable. I believe she may be dead. Neville slumped forward, leaning his cheek against a loose fist. No, I don't believe it. Well, it was going to happen eventually. Ginevra said, "She overacts all the time. Yeah, like anyone could ever be in love with v- v- Voldemort." Ron said, looking pleased to have stuttered out my hated former name. "We should not lose hope," I said. "Voldemort is too arrogant to suspect her. Bellatrix is probably fine. Now let us discuss our group colors. I suggest red and gold." Hermione said, "Who approves of that?" Sug- "Okay, he's gone," I said. "'Nice John, Kites. I love how you all sounded as if you had no idea what you were doing, especially you, Ginevra. I've always wanted to be in a play, but we don't do those here, or any other activities that aren't Quidditch,' Ginevra said. I grinned. "'I suspect it's because the school is so old. People assume that if we don't do something, it's because we don't do that here, and all the things that we started out doing have been outlawed for being too violent.' "'Like a trial was a tournament, Ron asked. "'Exactly,' I said. "'Of course, we did bring that back, so I suppose—' they just condemned a woman to death!' Hermione cried. "'Are none of you even slightly upset about this?' I frowned. "'Hermione, she's Bellatrix the Strange!' "'She tortured my parents into insanity,' Neville said flatly. "'She's a death here,' Ron grunted. "'She tortured Neville's parents into insanity,' Ginevra said. Hermione's eyes darted between us, until finally she groaned and buried her face in her hands. Why am I the one everyone calls evil? You killed my snake! Hermione looked quite justifiably horrified. Oh, Harry, I'm so sorry, you startled me! I clutched at the space around my neck where Elfian had just been. This is what always happens! You throw around dangerous spells and kill sweet, innocent things! For merlin's sake, it was it a jelly legs, jinx, she said. I couldn't have known it would disappear. Really, Hermione, you couldn't have known? I save your life, you kill my pet, and that's all you have to say to me. I'm sorry, all right, Hermione snapped. I can conjure you a new one. No, that won't work, I said. You have to make Malfoy do it. I am not going to taunt Malfoy into throwing a snake at me, Hermione shouted. Ron shook his head, muttering, Really? Seems like that's all you want lately. She whirled around, hissing, Shouldn't you be off snorkeling lavender or something? I'll have you know she broke up with me because she saw you sneaking off to the boys' dormitory and got the wrong impression, he said. Hermione said, Oh, so now that's my fault too? Maybe it is. Maybe if you would spend more time paying attention to your friends and less time mooning over Malfoy, none of this would be happening. I do not moon over Malfoy! Just stalking in then, he said. I raised a hand, feeling dizzy. Well, you guys need to slow down for a second. I can't keep track of all these relationships. I took a deep breath and continued, Thankfully, I have people for that. Ginevra. The redhead ushered us into seats, facing an empty wall, where Hermione and Ron continued sneering at each other. With a flick of Ginevra's wand, dozens of pictures flew onto the board. She cleared her throat. "'Ron's ex-girlfriend, as of this morning, is Lavender Brown. Lavender is currently trying to get together with my ex-boyfriend, Dean—' "'That was quick, the bint,' Ron grumbled. Hermione elbowed him in the ribs. A crowd had begun to gather, and Lavender threw a hex in Ron's direction. "'But her first crush was Parvati Patil.' "'It wasn't really a crush. We just practised kissing together. "'So I'd be better at it for guys like one I mean, Dini?' Lavender said. Ginevra continued. "'Now, Parvati may be a little too close to her twin, "'but no one talks about that for fear of being labelled a pervert. "'Pamela likes Ron, possibly because he reminds her of his sister. "'Ron, meanwhile, is in love with Hermione Granger, but he hasn't realised that yet.' "'Ron yelped. "'What?' Hermione flushed, "'clearly uncomfortable with the scrutiny this declaration had earned her.' Hermione also loves Ron, but she's waiting for him to grow up first, so it'll probably be a while. Hermione has also been stalking Draco Malfoy. Meanwhile, in the Slytherin dorms, Crab is dating Tracy but likes Daphne, and Goyle is dating Daphne but likes Tracy. This will be completely independent from the web, except that all of them are also stalking Draco Malfoy. Now Draco likes his father, his money, and spending an all of time in the room of requirement. How do you know that? Hermione asked. I only figured it out a couple of days ago. Quiet, I said. She's on a roll. Presumably he uses it for disturbing and vaguely sexual purposes because Draco, like all purebloods, is a pervert. Ron's face twisted in confusion. Gin, we're purebloods. Nobody likes Neville, Ginevra continued, but he likes Ginny Weasley. She hasn't noticed yet. You, Ron began, stopping short when Hermione set a hand on his shoulder, because she has a huge crush on Harry Potter. Unfortunately for Ginny, Harry only likes inanimate objects and abstract concepts because his emotional development stalled somewhere around age eleven. Hermione nodded, always eager to undermine my authority. I could widen the web to include everyone not directly connected in the younger years, but then I need a bigger wall, Ginevra finished apologetically. That isn't necessary, I assured her. While Ginevra bowed to the Gryffindor Common Room, I turned to Hermione. So Draco's hanging out in the Room of Requirement, huh? We should do something about that. Malfoy can't get into the Room of Requirement, Hermione said, pacing the Common Room. How is that even possible? I sealed the room, but it isn't foolproof. He can still collect the key, which I've broken into seven pieces and scattered across the castle. Once he's gathered them all, he'll realize that he didn't need a key. The true key was within him all along. So he can get in, then? Hermione said. Not for months. She raised an eyebrow. Why didn't you just lock the room and not leave the key lying around? This is a ritual, Hermione, I said. It's better than most magic, but only works if you make it somewhat fair— Without a loophole, it isn't fair. For instance, the Fidelius will hide you from everybody, but then you have to trust one person because you can't hide it from everybody. Hermione frowned. I've never read about that before. It's dark magic. Huh, Hermione said, collapsing into a love seat. I guess I don't need to follow Malfoy around anymore. Not unless you want to, I agreed. Hermione stared at the fireplace blankly. The distant squealing of Lavender Brown, new girlfriend of Dean Thomas, filled the silence. After a few minutes, she said, I reorganized my schedules so that I would have plenty of time to investigate Malfoy. So now I don't actually have anything to do. You could always start recruiting for your dark army. She blinked at me, and I elaborated. Ginevra is a good start, but now is the perfect time to network. Try getting the Slytherins. They're already trained to be minions. And to hate me, Hermione pointed out, it'll be fine. Just tell them you're of pure blood. Hermione laughed, no doubt delighted by my suggestion. It isn't that simple, Harry. "'Of course it is. You say that you're from the Granger family, "'who are really famous in France, "'and they would know about that if they want a bunch of backwards, untravelled hicks. "'They say that they'll check up on your story, but they never do.' "'You're joking, she said. "'Happens all the time,' I said. "'I'm pretty sure Braxus Malfoy was a muggle-born, "'and he said he was from France.' "'Have you ever been to France?' "'I've never been to France, and I don't think Draco's been to France. "'If he has great-grandparents there, why hasn't he ever visited?' "'Where are the great-grand-Malfoys?' Hermione began massaging her temple—probably Lavender's fault. "'You did not just accuse Draco Malfoy of being a half-blood?' Of "'Course not. Draco's a pure-blood. Lucius is the half-blood.' Hermione said, "'Regardless, I have told plenty of people I'm a muggle-born.' I nodded. Hermione had backed herself into a corner, and once again it was my job to rescue her. "'In that case, tell them that muggle-borns don't exist,' I said. Hermione merely raised an eyebrow, pointed at herself, and said, "'Really?' "'Now, hear me out here,' I said. "'What if all muggle-born children are just magical children whose parents left them with memory-charmed muggles and then died? Or maybe they just didn't want them?' Hermione said, "'I'm sure that if we ask Ron—' "'You wouldn't know,' I said. "'The Weasleys keep all her children. That's why everyone thinks they're weird.' She sighed. "'This is the most ludicrous thing I have ever heard in my life, and I've been friends with you for six years.' I stared her dead in the eyes. Are you honestly telling me that you can't think of a single person who would charm a muggle for free babysitting? Lavender's squeals split the air, and Hermione, defeated, trudged off to bed. And cannot access the room where he's keeping all of his materials unless he completes a quest? Lucius finished his report, placing a kiss on the hem of my robes. Hmm, what sort of quest? I asked. He must retrieve seven keys hidden in Hogwarts, Lucius said. I raised an eyebrow. Are you sure the key isn't already in him? Lucius tensed for a crucio, silver hand curled into a fist. I don't understand, my lord. You
1: never really
0: understand. It's more of a feeling. I presume
1: this is Harry Potter's doing. The boy's a genius, after all.
0: Severus interjected. Really, I wouldn't know. He's always been miserable at potions, and he's failing to fence against the dark arts. There are basic factual errors in all of his essays. I don't think he reads the textbook. Frankly, I'm not certain he reads. Uh, you teach both those subjects does it make any difference at all, eh, Snape? Severus said. He lounged against the wall. A disrespect I would allow only from my right-hand man. Severus sneered at him. Potter's idiocy can hardly be blamed on me. Ah, Come off it, Snape. We all know you hated James.' Severus said, "'I assure you that I hate the boy on his own merits. While Potter, like his father, is a pompous glory hound, he is also undoubtedly a Slytherin.' Sirius growled, "'You tie that back!' Snape merely smirked at the wand jabbed into his neck. I said, "'All right, let's all calm down. We've already lost enough people to Bellatrix's treachery.' In retrospect, her insistence on killing her fellow Death Eaters makes a lot more sense now. I continued,
1: "'So the previous plan is ruined, then?'
0: "'Yes, my lord,' Lucius said, trying to hide within his hair. I sighed. "'I
1: suppose we'll just have to
0: flew in, then.' Sirius blinked. Why we can do that?' I shrugged, rising from my throne.
1: "'I don't see why not.'
0: I tripped on my way outside of the pensive, landing in a crumpled heap on the floor. I was viciously pleased when Dumbledore did the same— even if it was on me.' "'Quite all right, my boy,' Dumbledore asked, standing and holding out a withered hand. I grabbed the edge of his desk to haul myself up. "'Fine. I was simply examining the floor for defects and found it woefully inadequate.' Dumbledore's eyes twinkled as I stumbled into a chair, checking my robes for dirt. "'I found myself dizzy in ways unexplained by magical travel. We'd gone back to a particular class during my first time at Hogwarts.' but that wasn't how I remembered that conversation at all. Which led to the question, was my memory faulty? Had someone obliviated me, or obliviated Slunkhorn? I'm pretty sure I would recall if I had done that. Would I? Also, what was that white fog? Potions fumes? I said, Sir, I know that dungeons have always had ventilation problems, but was it really that bad back then? Dumbledore said, That wasn't normal smoke, I'm afraid. It's proof of memory tampering. "'Who did it?' I asked. "'Voldemort? A Death Eater? You? Professor—' "'He did it to himself out of shame,' Dumbledore said. "'Whatever happened in that conversation has laid very heavily on Horace's conscience—very heavily indeed. It may be the very information we require to destroy Lord Voldemort.' I nodded. "'I need you to get that memory for me, Harry,' Dumbledore said gravely. "'It's important to remember that Dumbledore only calls people to his office when he wants to manipulate them into doing something for him—' or to manipulate them into learning some sort of moral lesson, sometimes both. It had been nearly a day since we first attempted to flew into Hogwarts. Lucius had successfully made it through, but the green fire merely fizzled when Sirius tried to follow him. My right-hand man's robes still occasionally released puffs of smoke as we anxiously waited by the fireplace. "'What do you bet he got captured and gave us all up?' Sirius said. "'Shut up, Black!' Rodolphus Lestrange growled at him. "'Ah, oh, come on, this is Lucy we're talking about. I bet he told them everything the moment they pointed a wand at him.' "'It seemed that, once again, Sirius Black had said what we were all thinking. "'I sighed heavily.
1: "'Well, Rookwood and Hagrid are watching the front door, "'so we're prepared if Dumbledore tries to break in. "'I presume the wards haven't alerted you of anything?'
0: "'Sirius grinned, no doubt thrilled to present me with good news.
1: "'Nope.' "'I just don't understand how this happened. "'The plan was
0: foolproof,' I said. "'I'll bet Bellatrix warned them,' Sirius said. "'Rodolphus sneered at him. "'She's been dead longer than we've been planning this.' "'Hey, she knew Trelawney,' Sirius said. "'Unless you're doubting our prophetess.' "'No, of course not,' he muttered. "'Earlier I'd ventured to the third floor, "'where the air is thick with exotic perfumes and ancient magic. "'There I had found Trelawney hunched over a table.' Her nose was half-flattened against her crystal ball, her eyes squeezed shut to better see with her third eye. While she had no clear visions of Lucius's whereabouts or his likely betrayal, she insisted that we remain at Grimald Place. It was, she told me, our only hope. I was torn from my musings as the fireplace roared to life. A robed figure stepped calmly from the green flames. "'Good evening, my lord, my fellow Death Eaters, Severus said, nodding to each of us in turn but reserving a sneer for Sirius.
1: What in Merlin's name happened?
0: I snapped. Apparently, an uninvited guest flewing into the Slytherin common room sends the entire castle into lockdown, Sirius said. We were stuck there for hours. I frowned. Has Lucius been captured then? No, my lord. When Dumbledore arrived to interrogate him, Lucius claimed that he was doing a surprise inspection for the Board of Governors. There was some suspicion when it turned out that the Board had not been aware of this, but he reminded us all that he did say it was a surprise, Severus drawled. That's Lucius. He's always been good at slithering out of trouble, Sirius said.
1: Indeed. Now, why is Lucius not reporting his failure to me personally?
0: I stroked my wand, causing the entire group to shudder. "'save Sirius. There is a reason he's my right-hand man after all,' Severus said. "'He was invited to dinner, and Dumbledore expects him to perform a slightly less surprising inspection of the school before he leaves.' "'How unfortunate,' I muttered. "'In happier news,' Severus said. "'Potter nearly got himself killed doing some sort of dark ritual.' It had been fifty-seven years since I had visited the hospital wing, but it hadn't changed much. The sickly smell of potions filled the air, mingling with the citrus scent left by years of heavy cleaning charms. The bed was slightly too hard to subtly discourage students from lingering, and, even through the bandages, I could see its painfully white walls. I heard miner lean towards me from her perch in the visitor's chair. "'What have you learned today? "'There's a reason wizards wear glasses, eyes are complicated,' I said. She snorted. "'True. What else?' "'Don't just read the summary of a ritual in the book. There might be warnings of better instructions later on,' I said. "'What else?' I frowned. "'I can't think of anything else. I'm pretty sure those are the only things I learned from this experience. "'How about don't perform an untested ritual in the middle of a school-wide lockdown?' "'Honestly, Harry, what were you thinking?' I shrugged. I didn't want to be disturbed. It's not like I was invisible this time. "'Madame Pomfrey couldn't get to you for hours,' Hermione said. "'You could have died.' "'Probably not died,' I said. "'Lost my eyes, maybe, but then I could just get better ones, like Moody's.' "'You are not getting fake magical eyes,' I chuckled. "'Well, obviously not now. The ritual didn't go that badly.' Hermione was silent for a time, probably reading. She does that a lot. "'Harry, what was wrong with your old eyes?' "'Well, I didn't need glasses, and I wanted night vision.' "'Why do you need night vision? You don't even do anything at night.' "'Of course not. Without night vision, that would be stupid,' I said. I heard a soft smacking sound, likely Hermione's palm striking her forehead. I added, "'Also I thought the whole slitted pupil thing would look cool.' "'You thought—' Hermione took a long, deep breath. "'It doesn't, Harry, it's creepy.' "'Really? I thought you liked cats,' I said." A soft thump told me that she had leaned backwards into a chair, away from my bed. This is ridiculous. It's not like your normal eyes aren't weird enough. I've told you, red is a perfectly normal colour for wizards. Do you really expect me to believe that? No one else has red eyes, Mrs. Harry. You don't know everyone. There's a fourth-year Slytherin girl. ask you She knows. She said, even Luna thinks they're odd. She doesn't think that about anything. It's a very rare trait, like parcel tongue. I said. It only appears on particularly pure lines. Your mother was a muggle-born, Hermione said. I could sense her eyes rolling.
1: You take that back,
0: I cried, lurching forward to point my wand in a general direction. Hermione said, oh, come on. You've been complaining about your muggle art for years. Squibs happen. Sometimes they squibble back. For instance, the Evans family are descendants of Merlin's third daughter who was disowned from marrying a half-blood. Hermione groaned. If I'm not a descendant of Merlin, I continued, proudly tapping my chest with my wand, then how did I kill Voldemort as a baby? After a long pause, Hermione asked, Harry, are you in a lot of pain or something? There is some sticking while the optic nerve tries to reconnect, I said. Good, she said. Usually your lies are better than this. No one is gullible enough to believe this tripe. I smirked. You don't talk to Slytherins much, do you? "'I hardly think the House of the Cunning would—' "'I shook my head. "'You're looking at this like a muggle These "'The Slytherins think that blood matters, "'and know that I'm amazing at magic, "'so I've given them two choices. "'They can either believe my ridiculous story, "'or they can accept that a half-blood "'is just innately better at them in terms of everything, "'fundamentally changing their worldview. "'Which choice do you think they pick every time?' "'That actually makes a scary amount of sense. "'But seriously, what is wrong with your eyes?' She was never letting this go," I exclaimed. "Fine, Dumbledore thinks that it's because my mother loved me a lot. I'm pretty sure that's his way of saying that she dabbled in blood magic." The stack of cards and candies left by my hospital bed didn't surprise me. I was the most powerful student at Hogwarts, a genius, and the boy who lived. Further, I would likely achieve professorship soon enough to teach the younger years. Attempts to curry favor were to be expected, but one of the gifts lay unsigned a box of chocolates wrapped in a bow. Lounging on my bed in the Gryffindor dormitory, I plucked a chocolate from the box and examined it. It was homemade, certainly, and it's easy enough to pour some potion in the mixing bowl. A quick sniff revealed a cloying scent, though that could be the result of too much sugar, and another round of detection spells revealed the same result as before. It had been tampered with. I should have thrown it out days ago, but curiosity stayed my hand.' Was it a love potion, a prank item from the Weasley twins, or another assassination attempt? The poison-detecting spells only told me that something was there, but that gave no insights into who was attacking me. Until I knew that, I couldn't retaliate. I was tempted to take a bite of the chocolate just to find out. Thankfully, I have people for that. "'Ron, taste these for poison.' The redhead jumped a bit in surprise, whipping his head towards me with a startled—' "'What? Just kidding,' I assured him. He frowned. Mate, you're doing that thing where you say you're kidding, but then you get this smug look on your face that makes you pretty sure you aren't. I glared at him. Excuse me for trying to be nice. All I wanted to do was offer you chocolate, but then you doubted me. Ron's eyes glazed over at the mention of chocolate. His mind is incapable of keeping track of two things at once, and food will always be his priority. With a triumphant smirk, I continued. Fortunately for you, I'm a kind and generous master. Would you like some chocolate? In retrospect, I probably shouldn't have let him eat the entire box. Well, Ron's managed to have a dose of love potion. I declared, descending the boys' staircase. Hermione's eyes widened, and she scrambled towards her bag in search of her potions textbook. Will he be all right? I slumped into the nearest chair. He'll be fine. We'll be miserable. Hermione flipped open her book, asking, "Do you know what kind of potion?" Hard to tell. It was fairly fast-acting. Definitely not a wrong scent, I said. We lucked out, really. At least he can't embarrass himself this way. Hermione glanced up from her book. What do you mean? Between the ridiculous amount of potions in his system and all the chocolate he ate, he can't stand. Of course, I tied him down, to be sure. We should probably induce vomiting soon, if he hasn't already. What? Hermione's voice squeaked. Huh. I'd never taken her for the squeamish type. Harry, we should probably take him to the hospital wing, I shook my head. Ron can't run to the hospital wing every time something happens. Is there enough because of his lycanthropy? Ron is not a werewolf," Hermione said, starting a page on Bezoar's. He'll never accept himself if you keep making excuses for him. We can ask Slughorn. I shook my head. He'll demand payment. Trust me, you don't want to owe him. She scowled at me. We can buy an antidote then. I stared at her in horror. Ron can't afford that. We're the ones who'll be paying," she said. I felt the familiar sting of betrayal. i finally discovered my family fortune, and the Weasleys are already trying to steal it. I always knew this would happen, but I didn't expect it so soon. Harry, we can't just let him sit up there in love with some love potion brewing witch." Yes, we can. Hermione kept at me in a very weasley fashion. I sighed. Hermione, look. We can't just bail Ron out every time he eats something he shouldn't. This is the only way he'll build up an immunity. "'I'm fairly certain there's no such thing as an immunity to love-potions,' Hermione said. "'Of course there is,' I said. "'You just tie yourself up and throw up every time it happens. Eventually you become nauseous the second you feel the effects of a love-potion.' Hermione's lips pursed, and her eyes grew distant, as if solving a complex arithmetic equation. "'So any time you feel love, then?' I shrugged. "'I guess. Is it different when a potion causes it?' "'I'm not sure,' Hermione said.' "'apparently deeply concerned at her lack of knowledge. "'Meanwhile, Ron's wailing had apparently overpowered my silencing charm. "'Romel he cried. "'Could have been worse, I suppose. "'At least it wasn't in love with his sister. "'We'll have to watch him in shifts "'to make sure he doesn't accidentally kill himself. "'There's also a key period about six hours in "'when he's both obsessed enough to attempt escape "'and lucid enough to succeed. "'We should probably double up on that shift.' "'Hermione was silent for a few moments.' no doubt memorizing my instructions, before sighing and heading towards the boy's dormitory. Over her shoulder, she said, Right, I'm taking him to the hospital wing. I stood upon my bed, smiling at the three students gathered below me. Welcome to this emergency meeting of the Junior Order of the Phoenix. Not many of you could make it, so let's keep this short. Benatrix is definitely dead, right? Yup, Ginevra chirped. Our spies were really upset about it. No surprise there. Neville said. After all, Rodolphus and Bellatrix were so in love, so very in love. At least the child lives on as a symbol of what's been lost, Luna said happily. I blinked. Wait, they're a child? Why was I not informed of this? It's a secret. The people in it probably wanted to despair your feelings, she said. You have Bellatrix's eyes, you know. Luna, "'I am not the love-child of Bellatrix and Rodolphus Lestrange,' I said slowly. "'I'm pretty sure we would have noticed that before, wouldn't we have?' "'Definitely,' Ginevra said. "'Neville said, "'Don't you have something to say about this situation and how odd it is?' "'I suddenly remembered the purpose of today's meeting and returned to our script. "'Oh, yes, it's very strange that Voldemort hasn't caught our other spies yet,' Ginevra said." especially since they're our old spy's husband and brother-in-law. Does he really think they hadn't noticed that she'd switched sides? Well, Dumbledore always said that Voldemort doesn't understand basic human relationships, I mused. Also, he's an idiot. At that moment, I slammed my head against the bedpost as hard as I could. Well, it wasn't me, exactly. It was Voldemort. I could feel the faint echoes of his fury as he retreated from my head. You have done well, I said, rubbing at my forehead. I am mildly grateful to you all for gathering on such short notice. "'Anytime,' Neville said, grinning. "'I feared that his bloodthirstiness would soon rival Hermione's.' Luna giggled. "'I was just following the Raxperts.' "'I'll do anything for you,' Ginevra said. Benetrix was dead, but it seemed that her legacy lived on. "'We probably shouldn't tell Hermione about this,' I said. "'She'll only get upset, and she's already busy planning vengeance for Ron.' Dumbledore stood as I entered his office, his sleeve swooshing down to cover his blackened hand. Shrugging the invisibility cloak off of my shoulders, I held up a silvery vial. Dumbledore said, I didn't expect you so soon, my boy. Surely Horace didn't part with his memories easily. Dumbledore was right. The manipulation required to convince Slarkhorn would take far too much time and effort to be worth the trouble, so I decided I'd use my memory of the conversation. I am his favorite student, I said. Although you probably shouldn't mention this to him, I had to obliviate him of the incident. Dumbledore sighed, clearly disappointed that I was operating independently of his orders. Was that truly necessary? It was for his own protection, I said, hourly, wandering over to the pensive and uncorking the vial. We leaned forward, tumbling deep into the basin before thudding onto the floor of the potions classroom. Slughorn was busy telling me that I would make a great minister for magic, still true. The man paused thoughtfully when I mentioned the word Horcrux.
1: That's very dark stuff, Tom.
0: Very dark. That's why I asked you about it, my younger self said. I meant to imply that he was a knowledgeable and influential pureblood. Depending on the definition he was using, however, he might have translated it to mean something along the lines of I think you enjoy torturing small animals in your spare time. Of course, that made no sense in context, so I presume he understood. If he didn't, he probably would have refuted the statement. A horcrux is the word used for an object in which a person has concealed part of their soul. Slughorn prattled on. My younger self frowned. I don't quite understand how that works, though, sir. Well, you split your soul, you see. No, I understand the mechanics. I meant to say, what is a soul? Dumbledore appeared deeply troubled, and Slughorn laughed weakly. Surely you know what a soul is, Tom. Irritation colored Tom Riddle's tone. I understand the concept, sir, but this isn't some vague idea of your mind or emotions or anything like that. It's a physical object. You can cut it. It's more of a tear, Slughorn said. I nodded. Tear it, then. So does it go perfectly in half every time, or does just a sliver come off? How big is the soul? Let's say you make, I don't know, ten horcruxes. Ten! Slughorn exclaimed. Tom continued. At what point would you run out of soul? What if more of your soul is in the objects than in you? Can you walk around with nearly no soul? Does that have negative consequences? I'd actually learn the answer to that last one. The horcrux-making process isn't harmful at all. In fact, it hurt less every time, so it probably makes you better. Slughorn trottled. The only people who make horcruxes are insane dark lords, and one's researched this, Tom. My younger self softly said. What a pity. Dumbledore and I fell upwards, through the ceiling and back into his office. He turns to me, asking, Do you understand what you must do? I need to make horcruxes of my own, I said firmly. Dumbledore frowned, reaching over to Stroke Fork's. "'Ah, no, I'm afraid not.' I said, "'Are you sure? Slughorn really sold me on it.' Quite sure, my boy. You see, Voldemort's horcruxes are what's kept him alive all these years,' Dumbledore scowled. "'He may have as many as ten. "'No, he doesn't?' I said. After a moment I rephrased, "'I mean, no, I don't believe it!' "'As much as I wish to think the same, Voldemort has always been a twisted man,' Dumbledore said. "'If you'll excuse me, I have much to think on, "'and if you hurry, you might be on time "'for defense against the dark arts.' "'I strolled towards the door, "'looking forward to a peaceful hour "'in the Gryffindor common room.' "'Lucius bowed to me before entering the sitting-room. "'He nodded coolly to Severus and Sirius as well, "'then said, "'I have a new plan, my lord.' "'Sirius grinned. "'Does this one suck, too?' "'My plans do not suck.' Lucius hissed, shaking his silver fist at the man. To be fair, that fluing idea
1: was atrocious,
0: I said. Lucius looked as if he had just sucked on a lemon. He never was any good with constructive criticism. I assure you, this one is better. Did you check it with Trelawney? Sirius asked. Not yet, Lucius said. Well, what are you waiting for? Unless you want to waste our lord's time with a plan that's doomed to failure. Lucius stormed away, glaring at anyone who dared to look at him. Severus turned to Sirius, drawling, "You haven't changed in the slightest, Black. Still the same impudent, attention-seeking, bullying." Severus trailed off as Sirius bowed repeatedly to an imaginary audience. A few minutes later he straightened, grinning. "Yep, that's me. Sirius Black at your service." "I hate you," Severus said. Sirius threw an arm around his shoulder, ruffling the other man's hair. Severus's wand snapped into his hand. Now, may I explain my plan? Lucius asked from the doorway. Sirius let go of Snape, playfully shutting him forward. I don't know. That seemed awfully fast. I bet you didn't talk to Trelawney at all. What do you think, Snape? One of these days, I will kill you in your sleep, Severus said. So you agree with me, then, Sirius said. Lucius said, I moved quickly because I didn't have to explain anything to her. She already knew and approved, unless you're doubting Arcea Black. Sirius put up his hands in a gesture of surrender.
1: "'No, never. That woman's a genius.'
0: "'My lord,' Lucius implored, turning towards me. "'I really did want the man to redeem himself after his earlier failures. He was such a good minion. With a thin, lipless smile I said, "'Go ahead, Lucius.' "'I was speaking with the board of governors. It seems there's been a sudden drop in academic performance. Several parents have expressed concern— Therefore I suggested that we choose a day to allow parents into the school. That way they can see their children and discuss their issues with his or her head of house. "'I fail to see how this is relevant to our plans to kidnap Harry Potter,' Severus said. "'I find it completely obvious,' I announced. "'Continue, Lucius, for Severus's sake.' Lucius smiled weakly. "'Of course, my lord. Many of your Death Eaters have children in Hogwarts.' it would be perfectly reasonable for them to visit. That's brilliant, I declared. We can even send in Sirius
1: Black. Uh,
0: How's that work? Sirius asked.
1: You are Harry Potter's godfather, or was I misinformed of this?
0: I asked, sending a warning glare in Lucius's direction. Oh, yeah, but I'm pretty sure somebody else has taken care of him now. You would think that, but you would be wrong, Severus drawled. Sirius said, Ah, come on, they must have given him to Remus, Severus said. He's a werewolf. Alice Longbottom was his godmother, tortured into insanity by Bellatrix Lestrange. Right, she always did like that sort of thing, Sirius muttered. What about the rest of the potless? They disappeared, Severus said. It was very mysterious. Probably my fault, I admitted. Sirius set his mouth on a firm line. Dumbledore. pawned the boy off on muggles. Sirius wrinkled his nose. Always one of those wizards. Who are the muggles? Lily's sister and her family, Severus said. That bint? Sirius barked. He'd have been better off with you. Severus raised an eyebrow. I am a Death Eater. And a werewolf, Lucius added. I think we've all heard the rumors.
1: Clearly, Sirius has the best claim to Potter, I said. Therefore,
0: it wouldn't be strange at all for him to go in with the other parents. Totally normal, Sirius agreed. Lucius's eye twitched. "'My lord!' "'Leave me, Lucius,' I said, waving the blonde away. "'I'm scheming.' I'd successfully avoided the hospital wing for decades, yet there I was, mere days after my last visit. I sighed, making my way over to the bed where Ron was clutching a small mountain of letters to his chest. He stopped glaring at Hermione when he caught sight of me. "'Harry!' Ron cried. "'Harry! Harry! Harry! You gotta help me here, mate!' You have to take these letters to Romilda Vane. I sneered at him. I'm not your servant. Have Hermione do it. I don't trust her. She burned the last ones. I think she's jealous. I nodded. She's probably still upset about Draco, though I can't say I understand the attraction. The boy's a terrible coward. He hasn't attempted any of my trials. I am not attracted to him. I never was. Hermione believes that if she says something enough times, it will suddenly be true. So, 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 you'll help me. Ron said. Before I could respond, he gushed. You're the best, my best mate. These are all for my Millie. Except this one is for Remus. Hermione frowned, snatching the letter over Ron's protests. Professor Lupin? His life is so hard! Ron whined. You should let him join your army. I think he'd like that. Hermione groaned. I don't have an army. I smirked. Do you spend all of your time in denial, or just most of it? Come on, she said with a roll of her eyes, we have letters to deliver. As we left the hospital wing's doorway, Hermione set my pile of letters ablaze. I yelped, dropping them to the floor, as she said, I hope he's better by the time his parents visit. His parents? I asked. For the parent-teacher conferences, of course, Hermione said primly. Right, I think I heard about that, I said. Not many Gryffindor parents are coming. It's mostly Slytherins. I'm not surprised, I said. I hear they still don't have any furniture. "'Apparently some idiot put Sirius Black's name up as a joke,' she said, lips pursed in disapproval. "'Speaking of idiots, I didn't expect Ron to still be so out of it. I thought Pomfrey was going to give him the antidote.' Hermione's voice was flat. "'She did.' I winced. "'Oh.' Carrying Ron's letters to Lupin towards the Alvary, she said, "'Honestly, how much love potion did Vane give him?' The boat slid soundlessly across the lake. Not even a ripple left in its path— I peered down at its inferior inhabitants, looking for anyone I recognized, and exclaimed happily upon spotting Dorcas Meadows. Sitting across from me, Dumbledore seemed to be directing an imaginary symphony with his blackened hand. "'Headmaster,' I said, "'I'm glad you took me on this journey, and hope you will continue to do so for all subsequent Horcrux-gathering missions, but don't you have parent-teacher conferences today?' Dumbledore chuckled. "'No, no, parents will only come to me if they had a problem with one of the professors.' "'I have the greatest confidence that such a thing will be necessary,' I raised an eyebrow. "'So you're avoiding all the complaints about Snape, then? "'Dear boy, I'm hunting horcruxes. "'I dare say this is the more pressing concern,' Dumbledore said. "'I sometimes wonder why I am the only person who notices his selfish manipulations. "'You could have done this tomorrow,' I pointed out. "'Perhaps, but then you would have missed class.' "'Or yesterday?' "'And rob you of a well-earned weekend?' he asked, shaking his head dramatically. We disembarked and approached a potion-filled basin at the island's centre. Dumbledore looked at me gravely. "'I'm afraid that this potion cannot be banished or physically removed. The only way to get to the locket in sight is to drink it.' "'I'm not doing that!' I shouted, scrambling towards the safety of the inferior infested lake. "'Of course not,' Dumbledore assured me with a cold smile. "'I am the one who shall drink it.' I suspect it will be terribly painful, possibly deadly. You may even have to force-feed me in the end. "'Whoa, whoa, whoa!' I said, waving my wand round to get his attention. "'That seems pretty extreme.' I was not going to be the sole witness to Albus Dumbledore's mysterious death. That would raise all sorts of suspicions, and that no one would let me work with children. "'It's a ritual,' Dumbledore said. "'To take a part of Voldemort's being, I must give a part of mine.' Voldemort's paranoid, though. He probably wouldn't want to poison someone to death every time he checked on his Horcrux, right? Dumbledore nodded slowly. I suppose. So he probably puts in a back door, a password or something, in parcel-tongue. I stepped forward, hissing, Slither in, slither out. It may seem cheesy, but that's actually the most complicated pun you could make in parcel-tongue. Dumbledore seemed surprised, almost certainly a ruse, as the emerald potion drained from the basin. "'Harry, how did you know the password?' "'There are only three syllables in Parseltongue. It's mostly a matter of context and intonation.' "'You're a Nothing? he said. "'Yes,' I said slowly. Dumbledore leaned forward, peering into my eyes atop his half-moon glasses. "'Harry, were you the heir of Slytherin?' No! I snapped. I don't know why everyone thinks that. It's all right if you were. No one was hurt, and you've been a paragon of the light ever since, he said. I'm not the heir, I grumbled, snatching the locket from the now-empty basin. I looped it around my neck as we rolled silently back across the lake. Something bothered me, however. The balance was off, too light and then slightly lopsided, possibly a result of its prolonged exposure to the poisonous potion, but still—I opened the locket and a taunting note fell out. Elsewhere, Lord Voldemort felt a sudden and inexplicable flash of rage. "'You must look at the bright side, my boy,' I glared at him. Dumbledore cheerfully continued, "'At least Voldemort does not possess the locket.' "'That was half of the problem. Voldemort should have the locket, and by Voldemort I mean its rightful owner, me. And I didn't drink a mysterious yet certainly dangerous portion to retrieve a mere decoy.' I threw the locket at him, and the wizard happily pocketed it. We came upon the gates of Hogwarts, which were badly dented and hung half open. The grounds were torn up, and several trees had been slashed with the sword. Families were still hanging around, trading tearful goodbyes or nursing minor wounds. Among them were Ron, telling his family all about the love of his life, Ginevra, whose hair was several inches shorter than earlier that day, and Neville, with a bloody sword slung across his shoulders. Luna was trying to balance on one foot, but when she spotted me, her enthusiastic wave sent her tumbling to the grass. "'Hello, Harry. Honestly, I leave the grounds for one day, and everything ends up destroyed. What in Merlin's name happened?' "'What
1: in Merlin's name happened?'
0: I roared, glaring at my bedraggled group of Death Eaters. Sirius Black shoved Lucius forward, natural, since it was his foolish plan that had led to this mess. "'My lord.' I'm afraid that someone recognized Sirius Black and mobilized an attack. Can't imagine why. He's been on the conference list for some time, Severus drawled. It turns out that several members of the Order of the Phoenix have children at the school and were battle-ready, Lucius said. Some kids showed up with the sword of Gryffindor, which was bloody awesome, Sirius added. I, for one, was shocked, Severus said. Longbottom is failing Defense Against the Dark Arts. Fenrir Greyback said,
1: "'There was some Weasley babbling about where who right?
0: and "'Mr. Weasley is well known for his idiocy,' Severus said. "'He
1: had some pretty good
0: points, actually. I
1: tried to turn him, but he cost me with a stunner,'
0: Fenrir said, rubbing his still-frozen arm. "'That was crazy,' Cornell said. "'That Remilda Vine girl, so he's lucky.' "'I don't know what that blonde chick was doing, but we still haven't found Rookwood,' Sirius said. And then it turned out that Potter had left on some sort of field trip. So we retreated. Lucius finished. I see, I murmured, stroking Sletherin's locket. Earlier I'd had a sudden urge to check on the Horcrux, only to nearly trip over its pedestal on the way out the door. I asked,
1: Sirius, is there any particular reason this locket was sitting in your parlour?
0: My right-hand man shrugged.
1: Maybe he gave it to me for
0: safekeeping? The locket jostled slightly at my nod, then settled warmly against my chest.
1: "'Right. That does seem like something I would do.'
0: Fifty points to Lula Lovegood, for the most exquisite haircut I've seen since my childhood. Fifty points to Ginevra Weasel for identifying Sirius Black and dueling him to a standstill. Fifty points to Hermione Granger. Apparently this latest battle had created quite a few heroes— Dumbledore had been going on for twenty minutes. His skin was grey, his eyes dull, yet still he spoke. The students were whispering among themselves, and even the castle was beginning to grow anxious, as if the dancing silverware was any indication. "'A full Gryffindor, braver, quick feet, and sharp wit. Fifty points to Neville Longbottom.' The students laughed, clapping Neville on the back. I'm not sure why. Dumbledore was clearly insulting him. "'For a stunning performance. Fifty points to Ronald Weasley. Finally!' A loud cheer greeted this statement, and Dumbledore paused until it quieted. For demonstrating foreign language proficiency in a poisonous situation, fifty points to Harry Potter. It appears that Gryffindor has won the cup. Congratulations to Gryffindor and to everyone who fought in this battle. Now, I can hear your stomachs rumbling from here. So, without further ado... May I speak, headmaster? I said, standing up to survey the disappointed crowd. Dumbledore sighed. Mr. Potter, you no longer have the authority to add or remove points. That's fine, I said with a negligent wave of my wand. I turned to the crowd. Many of you fought bravely yesterday. Many more of you hid like thirsties, most especially the thirsties. Clearly, the Dark Lord is a dangerous foe, willing to hurt children on a whim, and ready to take Wizarding Britain under his reign. Keeping that in mind, I would like to announce that I am no longer neutral on the Voldemort issue. I sat down and the leaving feast appeared with a joyous pomp. End of chapter eight. For the full text of this and other stories by the same author, visit FanFiction.Net and archive of our own pages of Emerald Ashes. First Pass Editing by Ohana. The music is Playground by Husha Sound.